these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and lived to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Hello, Kyle. How are you on this Monday, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I would like, with your permission, to start this episode of Flagrant Howls with a reading from one Stephen Douglas Kerr. I thought you were going to want to maybe start with the Pledge of Allegiance, but this will also work. Okay. This might be the new Pledge of Allegiance, actually. <laughs> it's the Pledge of Allegiance. It's Steve Kerr's allegiance to the rising star in the National Basketball Association. This is from The Athletic. If there is a single American player who has metamorph, wow, me- me- metamorphosed, Meta- metamorphosed, Meta- metamorphosized, metamorphosed, metamorphosized, metamorphosed since training camp began on August 3rd in Las Vegas. It's Anthony Edwards, the Minnesota Timberwolves all-star who was already a favorite to use his Team USA experience as a springboard to an even bigger stardom. Well, he has jumped. Quote from Steve Kerr. Edwards is unquestionably the guy. I mean, he knows it, but now the team knows it, and I think the fans see it, but we see it in practice every day. He genuinely believes he's the best player in the gym every single night. He's such a dynamic young player, but I think he's taking a leap. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is salivating over Anthony Edwards, Team USA. They were down double digits to Germany yesterday. Anthony Edwards comes in and grabs that game by the scruff and says, "Mm mm-mm, not on my watch. One of the – we've missed a lot on this pod, and we are – we love to admit when we're wrong. Uh, The Wolves did not hit 50 wins last year. Uh, But one of the things I think I'm most proud of is that we've kind of been calling this ever since it was announced earlier this summer that – Everything was building for this to be the moment in this now 22-year-old kid's life where he is on the biggest stage that you can really be on. I mean, the NBA finals are obviously pretty massive too, but... Olympics, of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Olympics too. Like the biggest stage you can be on right now, I should say, in his career. You know, there was mm-hmm. no March Madness or any of that stuff in, for him in college. Uh, and not only is he holding his own, like treading water, he is he, he is Michael Phelpsing his way through the the basketball pool of just <laughs> and and so yesterday i mean everyone was excited and you're you're seeing everyone right like now you're starting to see kevin garnett you're seeing jason tatum you're seeing all these players it kind of reminded me from a local angle uh i think it was the olympics but a couple of years ago uh the pride of minnesota but the pride of the university of north dakota tj oshi when yeah. he was like crushing it on the olympic stage and like all these people were like oh my god that guy's like captain america for our hockey team that's what people are starting to realize with ant it's not just that and again exhibition game germany some really good players by the way for germany the the wagner brothers dennis schroeder daniel tice um it's not the pump fake michael jordan baseline turnaround jump shot it's not the three in transition it's watching other guys who are max player franchise players for their team be in a a moment where it's like we're we're stuck we need something and defer to the kid yeah defer to the 22 year old like to watch Paulo Bancaro to watch Tyrese Halliburton to watch Jaron Jackson Jr. Be like, hey, we need you to save us. That's bigger than any. I mean, it doesn't matter if they beat Germany yesterday. It's an exhibition game, but that moment is him just solidifying himself as probably a top 
10, 15 player in the league moving forward. I mean, he's having his Dwayne Wade moment. He's having his Kevin Durant moment. And that was really cool to watch those other guys that have also been first overall picks or have max money. Like we look up to this kid was insane to watch in real time. And like to me, that's the dynamic that's so fascinating. And Steve Kerr confirmed it that you put and that now this isn't the uh, the best players in the league. I mean, the Olympics right, is, yep. is usually, you know, I guess like if you're LeBron, you've already won your gold medal, whatever. But so t- take a few of the best players in the league off the board. But it, the Olympics is the actual best players. Mm-hmm. This is like the best emerging players, I would say. It's yeah. a, it's a, not all of it, but it's a it's a good solid group of the best emerging American players. And the fact that Steve Kerr is coming out and saying, Steve Kerr, who, by the way, by the way, Stephen, Stephen Douglas didn't even have Ant in his starting lineup a couple weeks ago. He wised up pretty quickly. But for him to say he's unquestionably the guy and the team knows it, the fans know it, we see it in practice, that he is confirming Ant is the alpha of this group of young, rising American superstar basketball players. We sit here on this show and we sit here over the years and we sort of debate, you know, ever since Kevin Garnett was traded to Boston almost two decades ago, who's the alpha of the Timberwolves, right? Who's mm-hmm. the face of the Timberwolves going to carry the Timberwolves forward? It's one thing to be the man of the Timberwolves. There's been a lot of guys who have held that standing, right? Kevin Love was the face of the Timberwolves. He was the the alpha of the Timberwolves. Al Jefferson Maybe Ricky Rubio at one point. Andrew Wiggins was the alpha of the Timberwolves, right? Carl Anthony Towns at times has been the face and the alpha of the Timberwolves. That's a pretty respectfully low bar to clear historically the last 20 years. But it's a whole nother thing when guys like Steve Kerr are crowning you alpha of a group of NBA stars, right? And that to me, like Kevin Garnett was both for years. He was the alpha of the Timberwolves, unquestioned. And he was an alpha of the league, unquestioned. They only made one meaningful run, which is what stings so much about the the KG era. But we're getting to the point here where, and by the way, speaking of KG, he's been tweeting up a storm about Anthony Edwards over the last few weeks. Again, last night, he's, he, he sees some things in Anthony Edwards that I think he sees when he looks in the mirror. But we're, we're going from Edwards being maybe the face of the Timberwolves, and that's great, to maybe being one of the alphas of the actual NBA at some point here soon. And again, the yeah, what he had thirty four points. Yeah, I think the record for a USA men's basketball something maybe World Cup was like Durant had thirty eight, so he was close again. Wow, uh, he had they did a, a media thing with him where he ranked his top five players of all time. I think he had Durant in there. He he idolizes Kevin Durant. That's kind of his, you know. For most guys, it's LeBron or MJ. Like that's kind of his guy. Yeah. Um. But I, I again, I, I've, as I've said before, I was in Vegas for summer league. You get to just network with a ton of people. And I had I met someone who was with Team USA traveling all around the world right now. Uh, so we were swapping messages over the weekend. And he he just confirmed just kind of like I was just like, give me some anecdotal thing behind the scenes. And he's like, the stuff you see on the court is what you would see off the court. Like uh, there was that viral moment where he went up for that dunk in like a scrimmage or whatever on Jaron Jackson Jr. It was like, I thought you're defensive player of the year. Like you got to jump. Uh some people might take that out of context, but according to this person, I was like, they kind of love that. Like they love Ant's personality. And some of these he, guys, he does it with a smile, not right? a scowl. And, you and know, then, again, if you want to just be totally reckless and just draw lines, like Jaron Jackson Jr. I think had five blocks in like the first quarter yesterday against Germany. So was that because Ant kind of got under his skin and motivated him? But it sounds like on the bus, 
in at dinners and stuff like they just this is their first real experience. They've, they've played against Anthony Edwards before, but they've never been able to just like hang out in the hotel room, mm-hmm. hang out on the bus. And that stuff to me is also really big because you're starting to build these relationships. I've, I've been like Bobby Portis has been like an uncle to him. Like they're super tight hanging out. Um, so having that respect of the, you know, the older generation, him and Tyrese Halliburton are super cool. Like again, 2026 starting point guard for the Timberwolves, Tyrese Halliburton. This is where those relationships start to build. It is. And I just think it's incredible. Also, too, and you said the Kevin Garnett thing, and I kind of wanted to get quickly maybe into a little schedule rant uh, before we end this pod today, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, we should pick the schedule today. We should uh, we should take a moment here. And if you if you thought it was an exhibition game and you're like, do it in the playoffs, whatever, I get that. This is goes back to what I said at the top about us being right. We might be in something that we've never experienced before. We might be in like a story, right? Where it's like, this is just all building towards, you know, and leading the Timberwolves eventually down the road to like an NBA finals. That sounds about as real as like the city of Tolosa, but it's like, I don't where, know, where are we at on that? By the way, Mark, I don't know, but I think you can hear in my, my microphone, I think they're building it outside my, my window right now. Cause <laughs> the, the largest construction project of all time is happening, but so I can't, I can't hear it, but I trust good. That it's, well, it's, epic. it's terrible to look at. So <laughs> it, it just, it's, it's a reminder of if you, if you've stuck around, I've always said the Wolves fans are the greatest because they've gone through, you know, they've invested more and received less than any other fan base. If you've stuck around this long, just don't worry about the future because, you know, as Ant starts to be on a national stage and you know, national viewing and big articles and all these people are talking about him, you're also seeing the downside of some of that. Photoshopped jerseys, right? Ant, welcome to L.A. in 2025. Like, we have to, we as, as Wolves Twitter and as a fan base and a community, we need to just let our differences go, embrace each other and get around this kid because we now need to start protecting him because the piranhas are going to start to come out when other people realize how awesome he is, how fun he is, how exciting he is. Yeah. And that's why I spin it all back to this new ownership thing, which from all indications is probably going to wrap up this year, not early next year. As soon as that's done, they need to get Kevin Garnett back in the building in some capacity. I think Alex Rodriguez has actually done a lot behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You need to have important, influential people in that kid's mind reminding him that Minnesota is super cool and that you can do it here and we're going to build it for you because with, again, the Batman thing I say all the time, like with great you know, power comes great expectations or whatever, you're starting to see the kid's power globally and now you're going to start to see those people start, you know, as soon as the Wolves lose four games in a row this next season, the piranhas will be out. They'll be saying, oh, he could do it in Boston. He could do it in L.A. And that just comes with the the, the viewing and the eyeballs and all the stuff that's going well for him. So yes, re- really cool Sunday, but you've there's also on, a dark side to this. No, but you've hit on a, a great theme here. And I, I don't I don't I didn't wake up this morning intending to bash Glenn Taylor for the seven thousandth seven thousandth yeah. time. But, you know, some of it in the NBA is because contracts are so short and players have so much power. Can you create a cool place to be? Really? Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is. It's it's easier if your city is just a cool place to be like New York, Miami, Los Angeles. Right. Or if your organization has 50 to 60 years of heritage or in the Heat's case, 20 to 25 years of great heritage. Mm-hmm. If you're not one of those pillar franchises, can you create that vibe? Glenn Taylor has been awful at that. Correct. Even when he had that player in Kevin Garnett, 
He couldn't figure out who to hire to beef up the front office. He couldn't figure out how to not stick his foot in his mouth and piss off Kevin. You know, like, and KG has been cantankerous. There's a lot of reasons why that relationship has fallen by the wayside. But Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez have a much better chance to make this organization a cool place to be along with Anthony Edwards than Glenn Taylor has for the last 20 years. So that's, that's a really important thing is just like make it hard to leave a great organization. That's that's like I can say it. It's easy to say, but you have to build it. You have to put the infrastructure in, bring the people in. And it feels like they're getting closer to that, even though they haven't really done anything meaningful in the postseason yet. They're getting right. closer to that now than they've been since Kevin Garnett left. Yep. And, and you know, the Gobert trade is what it is. I still think from a they got a talented player. They just overpaid. And I'm, at some point, we just need to really let that one go and move forward with the roster they have. So I think Tim Connolly is trying to build that for Ant on the court. But off the court, and the Wolves do, I mean, we've been critical at times, but the Wolves have some really good, I think, good, smart business people behind the scenes. And now with new ownership, that'll kind of be emphasized. But there's there's still things that kind of trigger me, and I don't know who's responsible for it. So I'm just spewing thoughts out of my brain. But, like, mm-hmm. I was flying through Minneapolis Airport the other weekend for that jersey reveal. There is not an Anthony – There's Anthony Edwards is not mentioned anywhere in that airport. Uh, there's that one store, like, in the mall roll or row that sells, like, minnesota stuff there was more spam merchandise literally like the meat than wolf stuff you got to get that fixed you have one of the five ten biggest airports in the like have name a lake after ant like if they win a gold medal just find a lake that's not that popular and just rename it lake edwards or something like do these little things because i do know that when they put his face on that hotel in vegas to announce his contract signing yeah he loved that so you have to continue again at the end of the day it's probably going to come down to winning and losing but even guys that win to a certain level get poached for bigger markets and bigger cities and bigger teams because the other stuff behind the scenes isn't working you got to have ants face plastered all over the airport you got to have jerseys for sale in the airport so when people are coming through they're like i just watched this kid play against germany the other day i want to get some i want to get a t-shirt and i'm going to live in north carolina and just grow his brand because you are now gifted something you haven't had since kevin garnett and there's a 1% chance that it could even be better than Kevin Garnett. Yeah. You cannot blow it by not investing every single resource you have into growing him on and off the court. So I don't think Glenn Taylor thinks about that stuff at right. all. Exactly. Alex Rodriguez does. Mm-hmm. Alex Rodriguez is one of the most vain human beings on planet Earth. Like, of, mm-hmm. of course, he thinks about brand and marketing and how you're. And so if, if there's a stake for him as he is now going to be one of the owners of a multi-billion dollar franchise in terms of like the valuation hopefully they're going to be thinking and mark laurie too with just yeah. like how to, how to market a company a startup whatever it is i you know it's people might scoff like okay who cares if anthony edwards jersey is at the airport dude like that stuff if you're trying to create a really really hard situation to leave for a player players leave because they it's not really about money because once you reach a certain point in the NBA, you're a super max player. You're going to make the same amount of money anywhere. It's about winning and losing. It's about respect, right? So, and some of it's nebulous, like they don't respect me. So you have to be careful about saying or doing things. They're just. But if you go out of your way to respect the guy and to put him on a pedestal, um, you can avoid some of those weird conflicts that happen sometimes in organizations. Put a great team around him, a coach that he likes and gets along with, and make sure that he is the face of Minnesota, and we won't have to worry about 
any of this BS for the next five or 10 years. And it's probably not going to be Ant that realizes his jersey is not for sale in the airport. That's just one small no, example. I, I hear what you're but saying. But it is his I hear friends or it's his, you know, someone close to him that's like, man, I was I was at that Starbucks in, in Mall Row or whatever. And I noticed they don't have Justin Jefferson's merch, all over the place. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. They're, again, they're selling there's more merchandise for spam, which apparently is from Minnesota. I just learned that. Like, I think it is. I think that's true. Then there yeah. is of what I would deem with all due respect to Justin Jefferson, who is awesome. Probably the most exciting athlete in Minnesota, Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. And the fact that again, you got to find different ways again, like if they win the gold medal for the world cup, which again, I know is not the Olympics, but will be a pretty big moment. Biggest moment for this kid's career. Rename Mall of America for a day to just Mall of Aunt America or something. Like, do little things that are creative that show, like, this is your city, a city that still has the most passionate, awesome fans in the world, but is like looking for someone to cling to. That's how you grow this thing. It's like you do these creative ways, put his face on a hotel, you know, fly his name through the air on a plane. Like, that stuff was great. They they did some of that stuff, right? And and it was was well received on his end as well. So, Mm -hmm. again, those are the little things. I know we just completely went off topic. He was awesome yesterday. He hit every big shot. Uh, his teammates love him. And August, September is a tough time for a basketball fan, for you know men's basketball. The WNBA is still going. The Lynx are playing really well. But from an NBA standpoint, there's not a lot to look at. And with this World Cup coming up, it's going to be really, really exciting because there's some fun teams in it. Canada's fun. France is going to be fun. But the United States showed why they are the number one favorite to win it. And it's not because of the roster, the depth, or the coaching staff. It's because of a kid who turned 22 a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Although I will say the coaching staff, Eric Spolstra and Steve Kerr, I'll give them a little pie chart of praise. They get a little. Ty Lue is like their fourth assistant. Not bad. (laughs) By the way, we're going to do our part. If someone can name a lake after Anthony Edwards, then we here at Score North and on Flagrant Howls will go to Power Lodge. (laughs) We'll go to Miller Marine. We'll get one of these badass Bennington pontoons. We will bring a pontoon on Lake Edwards, Lake Ant, Lake Ant-Man, whatever you want to name it. Make it happen, and we will make sure that uh, we go to our friends at Power Lodge, who've been in business now for 25 years. They're celebrating 25 years in business, unveiling 25 days of deals this month on the latest off-road and on-road vehicles, boats, and supplies. To find out more, go to PowerLodge.com, MillerMarine.com as well, but Power Lodge, 25 years in business, Brainerd, Ramsey, Anamia, Sock Rapids, and check them out, and we appreciate them uh, helping us here grow our business at score North. So I I just, before we get to the immaculate grid and we can talk schedule for a second too, if I was a lesser man, I would take this opportunity and this platform to point out while Anthony Edwards was doing all these amazing things, rising up to the moment, elevating above all these other talented young players to bring his country back from down big in the fourth quarter, hitting big shot after big shot while he was rising up to the moment. If I was a lesser man, I would leverage that up against what happened in the Dominican Republic-Spain game in which Carl Anthony Towns got unnecessarily ejected. It was a soft ejection, but, like, we're getting ejected from basically like a preseason World Cup game because we can't control our emotions and the way we talk to officials. But I'm not going to bring it up, Kyle. I'm not going to bring it up because I know that we're, we're, we're we got our eyes set moving forward here for the 2023-24 Timberwolves. Enough looking at the negativity in the past here, okay? So I am I am not going to mention it. <laughs> I I, uh, I noticed that maybe it's the timing of the podcast schedule. You didn't want to bring up his performance against Canada when he shot threes from all over the state of Minnesota. He was shooting from, like, the logo. <laughs> he, he looks 
all all jokes aside, he looks pretty good. The the technical thing, I, it was weird. I watched a lot of FIBA over the weekend because Dane Moore was just blasting the timeline with all these videos. So it was like, okay, I got to watch this stuff. And they're just a quick whistle all of a sudden. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the United States gets caught up in that a little bit. I don't know if it's an emphasis by FIBA officials, but they were yeah. like the Germany. Germany played on Saturday as well, and like half their guys got tossed in the third quarter. So tough whistle, but uh, yeah, you don't want to see a guy that has foul trouble history start getting tossed in exhibition international games. That's how wars, I think, happen. But he 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 has shown a green light from three, which is refreshing because that's kind of been our thing. It's like if you're the best shooting big in the world, why are you not taking eight to ten threes a game? Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be really fun. I'm actually, again, Ant, we didn't even say this yet. Ant, like, rolled his ankle yesterday, which yeah. at that point I went full Judd mode. And I was just like, all right, just cancel all, like, cancel NATO. Like, every <laughs> blow it all up. But he was okay. He came back. It is cool to watch. Like, Kyle Anderson has shown some cool stuff playing for China. Obviously, the, the, the goggles. He's got to keep the rec specs this that, season. Yeah, his, that, that's another thing we'll have to talk about at, like, media day. That eye thing sounded like it was way worse than just getting hit in the face. Uh, he might be just wearing goggles the rest of his career. But even, like, Canada, Nikhil's hitting, like, step-back threes. All the Luka Garza is awesome for bosnia it's yeah so uh <laughs> the, the world cup starts i believe this friday uh, dane moore and i are going to be doing kind of a preview later this week so there this is a really cool opportunity to watch i mean the wolves have the second most international players in fiba right now behind okc with five i believe so cool time these next couple weeks to watch really high leverage basketball uh and get a glimpse of what this team could look yes. like next season Hey, what did you just early impressions of the schedule that came out? So they, they're, they're I'll just go through their first few games here. They get at Toronto on a Wednesday, October 25th, and then home against Miami three days later, uh, Atlanta on the road. Then you get four home games against Denver, Utah, Boston, New Orleans, and then a five game road trip, San Antonio back to back against Golden State uh, with a day off Phoenix and New Orleans. Not a lot of gimmies. It's funny. Last year we were looking at okay, the first ten to twelve games you can make some hay and start like you know ten and two, and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know, and and who knows what some of these teams? Hell, Miami could swing a trade between now and the start of the season that might change their roster. So, but but there's not a whole lot of quote unquote easy games in the first month or two of this schedule. Yeah, if actually Jack Borman who runs Canis Hoopus actually does go look at his timeline. He did some like actual analysis of the schedule and broke it down into 10 game segments. It's actually pretty cool. It shows you kind of like this dip. It does start hard. I think for as hard as their schedule starts, there's a nice little comfort zone in the middle. And then towards the end of the year, I think they finished with 10 of their last 14 games at home, which I think is mm-hmm. pretty nice. Um, they have a fantastic back or like double header against the Blazers out here sandwiched right around valentine's day and mm-hmm. then the, uh the all-star break so that's we're just going to get everyone flying out to portland but uh i mean the, the biggest take i can't i can't i can't look at the games and be like wow so they play the bulls on the 13th of december like who i don't know man i don't am i alive then the big one was the nationally televised games and i think that's something i just wanted to toss back and forth here for a quick minute is that 10 i believe technically nationally televised games but only five of those are on like tnt or espn the other five are on nba tv none on tnt or espn until january 18th by the way yeah not counting the nationally televised in-season playoff games that they'll probably be winning in las vegas those so those will be nationally televised but so scheduled 
I've seen a lot of people upset about that. Even when Ant was balling yesterday for Team USA, it's like, wow, you don't want to put him on. Someone even tweeted at KG, like, don't you think he should be on national TV more? And then KG was like, he is TV, which is like, okay, that's that's a cool way to word it. Uh, but I, anyone who's followed me for the last seven years covering this team, like I have grown up and I mean, I'm just fueled by caffeine and being petty. So I understand this why aren't you respecting the team more? Why aren't you showing us more love? Why don't they have 20 nationally televised games? And I've kind of pivoted. And I think we should take a moment again and just kind of like move forward, clear, clear the air. The more nationally, I don't really know if I want to watch this team on national TV. It's, I mean, to me, it's almost like if you had an awesome little restaurant in your neighborhood, like I don't, I don't want Guy Ferry to show up and do diner drive-ins and dives. Like, cause then the lines are going to get longer and it's going to be more expensive. And then they're yeah. going to maybe poach the top chef. Like, just leave, leave our little restaurant alone. I don't need to hear Doc Rivers talk about him. I'd rather listen to Michael Grady. Do, right? like, I the, I uh, I, how are we going to listen to two and a half hours of Doc uh, of uh, Doc Rivers on ESPN? Can his voice hold up? Are we well, sure? Did, yeah. Is the Wi-Fi connection at the golf course going to work? Is that all that guy does? <laughs> so the the I used to be when the product was bad and the roster was meh and just, you know, like, hey, show some respect. Like, we pay taxes, too. But – now it's like this is really good, and I think more national eyeballs aren't going to necessarily e- equate to like more respect. It just might be more criticism. So let them go call the Lakers games for like a forty and forty-two Lakers team. The the more times that you know Doc Rivers is calling the games again, it's less Jim Pete, it's less Michael Grady, it's less Alan Horton. So just let us have our own thing. We'll be fine, and then you'll have no choice but to nationally televise all the playoff games when possibly this 22 year old kid is just leading them through. So I get the, the being upset. I get the lack of respect, but you go focus on your, you know, terrible chain restaurants like the Lakers and the Knicks. We'll worry about our little hole in the wall. Awesome Michelin star restaurant in our neighborhood. I would say two things. Okay. I, I think I'm in lockstep with you for the most part here. There's going to be more. If the wolves are relevant, they will be on TNT and ESPN more than five times. Those games are, they flex those games so often once you get past the first of the year. So if the wolves are good, if they're one of the top three or four teams in the West and Anthony Edwards is as good as advertised, they're going to want that team and that player on Thursday night on TNT. They're going to want Chuck and Shaq and Ernie um, and Kenny talking about him. So I, the Wolves will earn more nationally televised games if they deserve it. Secondly, the Wolves have earned nothing the past 20 years. Correct. Nothing. Correct. They've done literally nothing. They've won no playoff series. They've won nothing meaningful. They've been a laughing stock for 20 years, more than they've been you know, a team that you cheers to. So I'm fine with this. I am fine saying Timberwolves. Go prove it. You underachieved a little bit last year. Things were weird. Uh, just go play in obscurity for the first two months of the season. And then if you're third in the Western Conference and Anthony Edwards is averaging 28 points a game, all right, guess what? TNT is going to flex out the, uh, whatever, the Kings game because they're underachieving and they're going to, or LeBron's going to be hurt and they're going to flex a Lakers game out or something. Like they'll, they'll find a way if the Wolves earn it. That's where I'm at. Yeah. And, you also learn doing this or just being older in life, we all have jobs, that the big organizations you look up to might not actually be that smart or that well run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Monday, August 21st. Go Google NBA social media. Uh, there was a fun little Reddit post today about someone who was getting overworked there and the uh, lame benefits package they had. And all I'm saying is that 
Maybe the NBA doesn't even know. Maybe the NBA is just like whoever's in charge of putting Ant's jersey in the Mall of America. Like maybe they're just clueless. So just use it as another chip on your shoulder, right? Like this team had was crowned, in my opinion, last year, partly by us after they make the Gobert trade, and they just couldn't really live up to expectations. So you're going to, again, for another year, have one of the lowest NBA or nationally televised games, not a lot of respect, then just do your work in silence. And when it actually matters, again, who cares if you're on national TV in November? If you're good and this Gobert thing works and Carl's not just going to be used in a salary dump, you're going to be on national TV in April and maybe May. And that's all that matters anyway. So I understand the pettiness. I understand the frustration. But again, friends of the show, Jim and Michael, like that's all I want to listen to anyway. I don't want to listen to people that don't watch the team on a night in and night out basis. Try to talk about them for two hours because, you know, sure as hell, Glenn Doc Rivers is not actually watching this team any other night than he has to. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So we'll see. They'll they'll earn it or they won't. And then we can reassess sometime in like January or February. Hey, we did the Immaculate Grid Challenge and oh, no. it was kind of a hit with the audience last week. So I think oh. we'll keep incorporating this here. If you're down, are you up for well, the challenge? I don't. I pulled one right out of my rear last week. So uh, I don't know if I'm be able to do it again. And someone texted me like this. It's gotten harder. So but yeah, let's. Cavs, Lakers, Hornets, so, Mavs, Bucks, twenty. Okay. okay. So here, yeah, here's what we're looking for. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put six minutes on the clock here, just to give us. Otherwise, you know, you got a day job. I got to catch a flight <laughs> to a podcast conference. We'll be here for six hours if you let us. So I'll put six minutes on the clock for the YouTube audience. You can kind of see the grid here. We're looking to go nine for nine. To be immaculate, you have to go nine for nine. You get there's nine boxes. You have to fill them all with correct guesses. Uh, there's also a rarity score factor here too. So the more obscure player you can put in a box the lower your rarity score. We're probably just looking to finish nine for nine first off, but we're looking for a Cleveland Cavalier who was once also a Hornet, a Cav who was once a Maverick, and a Cav who was once a Milwaukee Buck. We're looking for a Laker who was once a Hornet, a Laker who was once a Maverick, and a Laker who was once a Buck. And then we're looking for a Hornet who averaged a 20-point season, a Maverick who averaged 20 points in a season, and a Buck who averaged 20 points per game. In a season. Six minutes on the clock, Kyle. Here we go. I'll give you one right out of the gate here. A Laker who was a Hornet. Can I go Glenn Rice for this one? Okay. You good on that one? Yeah, that works. Okay, Glenn Rice Sr., 9%. Okay. Kobe Bryant might have counted, but I think I think you yeah, have to... I was going to say Kobe, but I was like... That I think you have be... to play a game in a uniform to make it work. The, that Hornets goes back to the uh, to the late '80s. By the way, we get all of it. The Lakers, Bucks one. I used this guy in an old video game, and that's how I remember he was on the Lakers. But I know he's on the Bucks. Um, also, like an obscure point guard who's like in my top fifty players, just like watching him play. Ramon Sessions. Yeah, dude. Former Timberwolf. Yeah. Let's do it. Ooh, a point eight percent on the rarity I'm score. Dude, I can't. Go. I'm gonna start cooking this in the wrong way i hate this everyone's like you were good at it it's like no we just guessed you are really good let's let's knock out the 20 point per game ones here we should yeah, be able to knock those so out, right? tough well i um, mean like alonzo morning larry johnson if you want to go back right are there yeah, any like, i mean what about ball Lamello? Yeah, I, mean, Lamello, I, I, I like larry johnson that was kind of a fun he averaged 20 right he had at some to. point 
I feel like we're going to get burned that he was like 19 points a game, but let's let's so will try you find it. out try. right now. I'm still. Yep. Yep. OK, so it, it, it'll pop it up. If it's correct, it'll pop it up. It'll give you a red thing if you guess wrong. Yeah. Tw- so 20 percent of people correctly guessed Larry Johnson there. So I'm OK. I think his uh, the Cavs Mavs square. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm like almost positive it's going to be right. Uh, Jose Calderon. Yeah. He and he's also like I think a front agent or a front office person for them now. Point yeah. nine percent. Wow, look at that. All Dude, right. you're, the, you're the ace. Point guard man. whisperer, baby. You um, your confidence does not match your skills uh, the, here. The, I feel like the Hornets Cavs one is. A it's pretty obscure. Mare. Let's like, come back. Let's let's do that one last. Unless you've got one. Well, I mean, I think Isaiah Thomas from Washington, not the Hall of Famer, but the little guy. I think Did he played games for both those teams. I think he played games for both those teams, but I mean, I don't have any other. Let's put that. Let's I'm going to write that one down. Okay. We can come back to that one. Let's come back to that one. Give me a 20 point Maverick. I mean, Dirk is the obvious one. Uh, Are there any other like, uh, what about like Michael Finley? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Steve do... Nash. He didn't get. To no, I don't think Steve Nash average 20. Try, try. Not Sean Marion. Dude, else. how about Steve Nash for the Maverick Laker? Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Let's do Steve Nash. You know, this is disgusting. It's how many Milwaukee thirty percent? Wow. How many Milwaukee Bucks I know? I dude, I don't know. The, the twenty point Dallas Maverick score. Michael Finley might be a good guess. I've only played this now three times. Right, Dirk seems too easy. D- well, Dirk is the. We could get Dirk. Dirk super obvious. So we can, so there's, mo, I don't know, and maybe it's confusing. You can get, if there's, if there's 10 of them in history, any of the 10 will be correct. Oh, so we, okay. So this yeah. is, okay. okay. So we, we know, we know that Dirk is correct. If we want to get tricky and do a, a, like a rarity score that's lower, you know what I'm saying? Like Dirk is going to be like 40%. Michael Finley, if he averaged 20 points is going to be a better rarity score for us. I just know so much about the map. You know what else would have been a good Lakers Mavs one, but we'll do Nash would have been um because he's on like half the league would be Wayne Ellington. Hold on, let's come back to that one. Do you care if I guess Michael Finley? No, do Michael Finley. I'm sorry if this is wrong. If that's he fine. like peaked at 19 points again, he did not. He's wow, good call. 8%. So we can do Steve Nash. That's fine. Michael Finley was came up. I know so much about the Bucks. Again, going back to Jose Calderon, I'm almost positive that at least one of those guys would be um. Oh, he had a headband. Oh, uh, Drew Gooden. Yeah, played Drew for the Cavs, Played yep. for the Bucks. Yep, that's a really good. That'll be less than ten percent for sure. You're good at this, man. Two percent. So you've hit you, the ones you've hit on NBA like live. you've hit on three of them that are under two percent. Just oh. rock star. So uh, you said a ca- a Cav Hornet. We have Isaiah Thomas, maybe, and then a oh, we need a Buck who averaged twenty. I mean Giannis, obviously. What about like Glenn Robinson, the big dog? I was going to say, when you said Glenn Rice, it got me thinking. Glenn Robinson would be a way more obscure one. I'm trying to think of between Glenn Robinson. Yeah, just do Glenn Robinson. Or uh, Kareem? I think, I think Glenn Robinson's a good answer. Okay. My brain doesn't go back far enough for Kareem. Glenn Robinson. I, he had to have averaged 20, right? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Yep, 5%. <laughs> Go. All right, oh we have uh, less than one minute on our clock. Let's not even do the pod anymore. Let's just do this daily. Uh, <laughs> if we just did this and didn't talk about it, we'll just talk. We'll just like rave about Anthony Edwards for 10 minutes, and then we'll just do this. Yeah. You guys cool with that? 
Uh, man, Cleveland Cavaliers. So, okay, now that I know that it, it doesn't have to be one specific person, just kind of learning on the fly here. Uh, Cavs, Hornets. Give me like the give me the full shot clock here, but I mean I, Isaiah yeah, Thomas good. was on there. I'm trying to think of a big boy. The Hornets I don't are so... think Shumpert ever played for the Hornets ever. Um, my... I'm trying to think of like '90s some of those '90s Hornets teams, but there's not much crossover. No, there's not. Sean Kemp never made his way to uh, the Bobcats at the end of his career. I, I'm gonna. I know. Did Mecca gonna... Okafor ever make his way over to the uh, not Cavs? To the Cavs. I'm just trying to think of guys that bounce around the league because those are two bounce around the league teams. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Bennett ever make his way to the Hornets? Oh, no, Anthony Bennett never made his way to the gym. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go Isaiah, little Isaiah Thomas, but I yeah, feel like that it. might mess us up. I have nope. no other guesses. What are, how are we spelling uh, his name? There we go. Would, this one. Right no, uh, the 2012 one. Yeah. Let's try it. All right. One time for the win. It is correct. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It's two for two, baby. I think he just had out of a curiosity, what was that score there? Oh, 28%. Okay. I think okay. he had it. I think he had Okay. So Jose Calderon, 0.9%. That is just so you can see here now, on the on the YouTube channel. You can see like here are how many answers were available in each square. And then you can see the most popular answers in each square. So Isaiah Thomas was actually the most popular answer in that oh, square. Okay. Good Vladi Divas was the most popular Dirk Laker Giannis. who was a Hornet. Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving for Cav Mav. Yep. Okay. Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki for the 20 points, Giannis for the 20 point buck. And then Kareem, wow, Kareem was a 48%. Good call. On that one. And then uh Matthew Delavadova. Yes, that's right. Was the most popular. Ramon Sessions was uh during a really tough time in Timberwolves lore. I think that's when they were wearing my least favorite jersey of all time. They're like that weird blue and green. <laughs> Mike Miller yeah. was, I think, on that team. Uh, he had to have played for like 20 teams. So, okay. Two Dude, for this, two. So, so the Cav Hornet box was by far the hardest one. Only 39% of people yeah. got that one correct. Good for so, us. There you go. This game is awesome. I'm addicted now. Oh, beautiful. It's like all right, beautiful. nerds. Nice work. Hey, if you guys could give us a five-star rating and a positive review of Flagrant Howls on Apple Podcasts, you can help us spread the word about uh, this amazing Timberwolves lifestyle podcast that you guys are helping us build. And if you could click the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel, you can also help us build this thing. So, all right, Kyle, good stuff. I'll let you get back to your day job. Thanks, brother. Have a, have a good time at podcast networking, and uh, we'll be back next week. Sounds good, man. All right, Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.